We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Victory Pod, everybody! Woo! We are back with another episode of No Other Pod. I guess technically it's a half Victory Pod, but we'll half talk about victory. all that. It's fine, <laughs> half Victory. It's all good. Uh, I'm Jimmy, along with my good buddy Dan. Guys, this is the first podcast I think ever where we're both recording from Kansas City. Oh yeah, so, this, this is, is a best pr- big we're not time. in the same not in the same room yet. We will get there, but we're both in Kansas City. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty so, cool. I got a room now. Uh, my wife's not banished to the closet like she was in our studio apartment in <laughs> Chicago. So, uh, yeah, man, this is pretty cool. Uh, I'm Jack, dude. This is, uh, I don't know, even though we didn't come out on top in in, uh, in Panama, this is still very exciting. And, guys, this whole episode right now, I don't know how we're going to get it all in because we basically got to recap CCL, then preview CCL. Recap an MLS game and preview an MLS game. I don't know what I'm doing telling you about it. This is this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wasting time. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to skip on through these uh, these games pretty fast, but you know we'll we'll be able to do it. And if we go a little over an hour, hey, we got you know it. what? It's not the end of the world. We're um, good. Ooh, do we have times to re- uh, to read a couple iTunes reviews? Let's do it. We got them, dude. We do it every week. We we only do this podcast for you guys. All right, we're not making money. We're not getting sponsorships or anything like that. But someone said, J. Shea KC said, "I'll review you in exchange for a shout out." They talk about Sporting KC. I like Sporting KC. Sincerely, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he likes Sporting Thank KC, you, then he likes us, and we like him. So that's pretty cool. We do. Thank you, Justin, for the shout out. Second one. I like this. It's it's like a compliment, but maybe an insult in one. I don't really know how to take it. Let me you tell me what you think. But Brett Bates, the the subject line says true professionals. So I'm like, oh shit. Well, thank you. Starts off well. That's we're we're off to a good start. And then it says, if I had one comparison for this podcast, it would be Roger Espinoza. What they lack in skill, they make up for in effort. A true pleasure for the ear holes. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, come on. Are we true professionals or do we lack effort or are we pleasure in your ear holes? I really don't understand. <laughs> Probably a, a little bit of all of the above. Pleasure. Um, <laughs> well, hey, I like Roger. I dig it. Roger's He's sexy. Good. We're sexy. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there it is. I mean, I, really, I think that's what he was saying. It's on the sexy so, meter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it makes sense. Well, um, well thank you, Brett. Thank you, <laughs> Justin. Uh, everyone else, if you haven't left a review, go hit us with that five-star review. We'll, we'll give you a shout-out. We're glad to have you here. We're over 100 ratings, man, so we're we're rolling right along for the season. Rolling along. Thank you guys so much. We do appreciate that. Um, yeah, we uh, we got so much to, to talk about this week. Let's jump Oof. right on into um, the, uh, the the second round of, of Sporting KC's CCL Adventure is halfway over. Um we had to go down to play in Panama just four days after the road lost Panama. to LAFC. Um, no one really knew what to expect from a lineup standpoint. I mean, we knew we were going to get some sort of rotation, but we didn't know exactly what that meant. 
Oh, well, we, we got, got some. some rotation. We got it. <laughs> we had uh, a front line of Shallowy, Hurtado, and Quaze. We had a midfield of Kellen Rowe, Ilié, and Roger Espinosa, who we knew wouldn't play uh, on Sunday against Philly because he's on red card. And a back line of uh, Rodney Wallace, Matt Beasler, Botond Baroth, and Jalen Lindsay with Adrian Zendejas in goal. Um, so obviously, we know how the game went but when you first saw that lineup if you can take yourself back there are, are you are you confident are you excited because we're getting to see some of our our second team players uh get a look at them how, how are you feeling with this lineup um I'm thinking like I'm thinking you knew those guys needed a rest eventually um but I kind of thought we'd pay I, I guess I thought we'd play a full strength lineup there rather than do it against Philadelphia on Sunday um so it's interesting to me, but however, between that game and the Philly game, there was only three days rest. So I can kind of see what he was trying to do, but I don't know, man. No, I, no one's ever going to agree with what coach does, but uh, he, he clearly saw the good in this. I was a little worried myself. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he talks about how he doesn't have anybody on the team that he's not confident in, and if he doesn't think they can do the job, he doesn't put him out on the field. So uh, clearly Vermees thought that this team – um, that he was putting out there could could get a result. Um, they did get the all-important away goal. So, you know, a 2-1 loss, and we'll go over how the goals kind of happened, is not the worst result in the world. Um, if you recall, Atlanta was down 3-1 coming off of a road loss and, and came back and, and won their CCL matchup. So, um, But I think people maybe thought that this Panama team wasn't as good as, as maybe they really are. I think a lot of people kind of thought, hey, this is going to be an easy game. Toronto's bad. Yeah, they beat Toronto, but, like, it's Panama. And and I think maybe we got a little bit humbled. I don't know. What do you think? They they sure looked faster than us, that's for sure. Um, and I got to tell you, all, all South American teams are just fast, man. They're just so quick. Um, they, they just – it's, it's kind of hard to remember this game. And like we were talking about earlier, it's – we don't have any replays to go back and watch. There's very little, very hard to find highlights of this game. So I'm struggling to try to remember it since there was a, a MLS game in between. But I just remember them being a lot faster than we were. We would turn the ball over in very dangerous situations, making Adrian's and Dejas look pretty, pretty good, um, except for the two goals he gave up, of course. Yeah, the, you know, Sporting had some chances early, but, you know, they weren't able to convert. Um, it was in the 39th minute when uh, Panama or Independiente of Panama was was threatening. Um, one of their players got totally unmarked and free at the penalty spot. He just kind of slipped past the line, uh, the back line, got a free ball basically at the spot and just redirected it on goal. And, and it just was really a, a breakdown in, in defense. Um, yeah, pretty easy shot. Uh, nothing Zendejas could have done. I mean, it was defense didn't help him out. And I kind of struck that up to, you know, Botan Barat and, uh, and Matt Beasler's first full game together. Um, it's kind of what I was thinking, but they, yeah. they're professionals, dude. They've been practicing together. I mean, that, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't great. Um, now they both looked a lot better in the Philadelphia game. We'll talk That's about that true. here in a second or in, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think there was, pro- you're probably right. I think there was a little bit of like, okay, yeah, we've trained together, but like this is the first time we've really played together. Um, you know, I was hoping that, you know, look, Botan Baroth is a scary looking dude. Like, I feel like he looks like, you know, hitman from the game Yo, hitman we we um, said roger was the honduran <laughs> hitman no dude this guy's the hungarian hitman uh i'll find another name for roger because this guy is agent 47 <laughs> if he gets that barcode on the back of his head and the way he's like challenging people for these balls like aerial balls as well you'll he's <laughs> he's targeting people he's trying to take them out yeah he's he's not having he's 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 out there with elbows extended. He's oh, trying to yeah. take people's heads off. I was laughing. Um, I was like, that's my kind of player, man. That's how I play adult you, league. <laughs> he's, he's a big dude. Um, oh, man. I also had, had someone say that Botan Baroth sounded like a Star Wars bounty hunter. And I feel like if you gave him a leather jacket and like a blaster pistol, he probably looks like a Star Wars bounty hunter too. So, Oh, my God. Hilarious. It's my little nerd out. little nerd out there. Um, a little anyway. nerd thing. He also could be in the blue man group. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he could. 
<laughs> paint him blue and he fits right in. Done um, deal. What else can we do with Botan Baroth? Please tell us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're right. There was probably a little bit of learning that they had to do it. Like it's one thing to practice together. It's another thing to, to be in a live game, especially not just, it wasn't just Beasler and Baroth who had to learn how to play to, with, with each other. You had Jalen Lindsay playing on the right side at right back. That's right. He hasn't played right back in a game. And I don't know how long, because he was always playing left back when he was with sporting KC the last couple of years. And then you had Rodney Wallace. Wallace on the left side. And I mean, that's who would have thought that we'd have, you know, go back two months ago and it's like, well, we're going to have a back line of Rodney Wallace, Matt Beasler, Botan Baroth, and Jalen Lindsay. Like, I mean, it, it made sense. <laughs> Zussi and Seth Sinovic aren't the youngest guys on the team. So, I mean, giving them a, giving them a break to play in, in, in against Philly on Sunday was good. Um, now I, I can only assume we put out that, Philadelphia lineup, uh, the first choice lineup out on Thursday when they come back to play us at home. I can only assume that's what the plan is since they will have four days off, correct? I would think so. I mean, yeah. you know, Peter, not to get ahead here, but in the post-game press conference of uh, the, the Philly game, people naturally were asking about what's the lineup going to look like on Thursday. And he was talking about, he didn't go into detail, but he was like, we have so much data on these guys and their status and their health and their energy. Like they're going to know exactly who can go out there and who can't. Um, and he did mention that the good thing about this game, um, which was different than the LA game is that this game sporting had under control. It wasn't an up and down game. Like think back to the LAFC game and just how sure. much running happened up. It was and a down lot, of, the field. lot of speed. Yeah. This game, Philly never really pushed that hard. Like Tim had to make some saves, but like this wasn't a fast up and down wide open game. So people didn't really expend that much energy. Are are we, uh, are we, are we done with the first CCL game? Should we move on? I mean, it was, well, the only thing, the only other things I well, so Jalen Lindsay drew a penalty and, uh, um, it was Ilya who converted the penalty. Um, and, he put it in the top left corner and suddenly we're feeling good and it's one, one. Um, but then, I mean, the only other thing I was going to say was this, uh, this goal that Alexis Corpas of Independiente scored. Um, that was pretty solid. This is a, this is a world-class goal and there is no way in hell, whether it's Zendejas or Tim Milia or hell, David De Gea. Like there are some goals where you're just, you got to tip your cap and you're like, that was that was amazing. And I feel like this is one of those goals. Like he was running the opposite way outside the box and then all of a sudden was like, Nope, I'm gonna FIFA this and put it right in the top left corner of the goal. So <laughs> what do you do? That was beautiful. I, I was there's nothing you could do. I mean, way out of reach. Yeah. So that's how it ended. Two one. Um I it was upsetting, but like you don't feel like it's the end of the world because you're like, dude, you got that road goal. And and Ilya takes that PK, and I, I'm like, we're gonna get into this again because Ilya is not a great PK taker. I I gotta tell you, he's not good, yet he makes them. So am I eating my words there? I mean, mm-hmm. is he good after all? I just don't feel like he is. It's a hot take. Maybe it's best to think that he's not, and it's maybe it's best to think he's not because then he'll make it, and then you're like, hey, it feels better to be negative all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean. He telegraphs it, dude. He doesn't fool the the goalie. The goalie goes the right way every time. So he's made seven of the nine he's taken, which is crazy. Right at about the average. Per, like he's not so great that he's above average percentage. Like I think it, um, Paul Carr. I don't know if any of you follow Paul Carr on Twitter. He's like a soccer analytics guy. He was, of course, he was in the Sporting KC press box against Philadelphia, um, and he was just giving really? basically giving us live Paul Carr tweets, which was kind of cool. Um, but Did you go talk to him? I didn't talk to him personally, he, but I was tweeting things he was saying. Uh, but, but he said – I didn't realize he was even there until all of a sudden I heard him say something. And I was like, that's like a Paul Carr tweet. And then I turned around and I was like, oh, that's because that's Paul Carr. Um, who does he work for? I don't know who he works for now. I think he used to work for ESPN, but I don't know if he works for ESPN anymore. I thought he worked for like Sports Illustrated or something. I don't know who he works for anymore if he's just out there – just giving his stuff away on Twitter. I don't know. Um, anyway, what, hmm. what he said was that the average conversion rate for an MLS penalty kick taker is, is a, about 78%. So, 
So that's that's right about where Ilya is at. So he's about average. He's not below average. He's not above average as far as conversion rate goals. Now, you may have a point where, you know, even the one he took against uh, against Andre Blake uh, in, in Philadelphia, Blake got a finger to it. So, hey, I don't know. But I guess as long as he converts them, he converts them. So, um. But now looking forward, looking forward to this match on Thursday against Independiente. We're down two one. Are, are you feeling confident that this is a, a a a surmountable deficit and that we can come out of there victorious and move on to face probably Monterey? I don't think I don't think I'm ever freaking confident about anything, anything, <laughs> and that means. Oh my God, do we even want to go play Monterey or Atlanta United? I, I think you'd rather play Atlanta United, to be honest. But this game coming at home, dude, we got to show out. We can't have a half-empty stadium like that last game. People got to go. Go to this game. And if you're a season ticket holder, why aren't you going? Um, uh, if you are if you usually buy your tickets you know, singularly or, or, or whatnot, you, you need to go. Let's fill this place. I know it's a Thursday. I don't know what else you got going on. Uh, KU plays basketball in the Big 12 tournament at like 8. Who cares? If you want to watch it that bad, the game will be on in the members club, but they're not going to win the Big 12 tournament, so who cares? Come to this game, man. This is a one-off. If they win, they go forward in this Champions League competition. If they lose, it's done. It's done, and the dream is done. So I see Pessimist Dan has... playoff soccer, dude. It is playoff soccer. I also see Pessimist Dan has migrated his way over to KU basketball now. Um, it's pretty easy. <laughs> all good things come to an end, you know. The fourteen-year streak; it all comes to an end. There you go. I'm sure we got some K-State fans out there who are who are relishing this right now. Yeah, um, eh, they had to share it though, so who cares? <laughs> but yes, <laughs> if, if you look at uh, what Peter said after the game, and, and you can kind of think, okay, what adjustments are we going to make going in for Thursday? Um, he said he thought that Sporting KC gave the ball away too much, which led to a lot of counters for them, which he thought was pretty much the number one thing, which that plays right into what you were saying. They are fast as hell. And if they get a counter, like that's that's how they score. Like you're not going to stop them on the counter if they're that fast. Um, and, and he basically just also said that on defense, uh, Sporting didn't move well off the ball like the players didn't step up into the spaces they needed to step on they didn't mark the players they needed to mark and i think we saw that with both goals either a defender didn't step up or they left someone wide open so uh, i agree i agree it was weird to let goals in i mean you 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 didn't have that before you know you you didn't have that in the last two champions league games so it was like oh we're this team's supposedly worse than toluca but they beat us that's weird so they got quite the Cinderella story going on, man. They're pretty excited um, to probably come to Kansas City. I really hope it's uh, very cold, and I, I don't think it's going to be. Have we looked at the weather on Thursday? Last time I looked at the weather for the week, it was all in like the f- mid-40s to 50s. So I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. That's not too bad. Yeah. Probably warmer I mean, that, than Panama. We definitely have that in our favor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely colder than Panama. Colder than Panama. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um Definitely not warmer than Panama. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think... Ooh, 42 is the high that day. So uh, okay. round kickoff, I mean, it's definitely in the, 30s. in the 30s, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, you're, you're, you're thinking 34, 35 at kickoff. Um, Get your parkas out. It's going to be cold. Okay, so that's an advantage for us. Um, you know the field's going to be in pristine condition. I mean, the field looked great. Pristine. field looked great on Sunday, and the field was not great in Panama. Um, no, that looked really bad. I don't think that's an excuse by any means, but Ilya actually said, um, after the Philly game, when we were talking about, uh, the, the Thursday game, he actually said that he didn't think a field like that should be allowed in the champions league. He said, it's not a champions league quality field. You shouldn't be allowed to play on a field like that. So, you know, it's not a champions league quality stadium. I mean, that looked like. That looked like Lawrence High School or something. I mean, it was kind of weird. I would say I am cautiously optimistic about Thursday. Oh, you always are. Um, you always that's are. That's true. Um, but it's tough, man. It's scary. I mean, look, okay. This team, if we Have put, you looked at the factors? You looked at what we need to do to win? 
well, if we if we win two one, it goes to penalties. Um, we need a win by two or more goals, right? Is basically what we need to do. Yeah, unless or one nil or one one nil. Right. We need to either win one nil or win by two or more goals. I don't think I can't foresee this game. I'll take that one nil all day. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be one nil. I really don't. Um, Dude, I'm so nervous. It's going to be like a three two when we lose the damn thing. Yeah. See, that's why. Like, I need that two goal cushion at, at least. Yeah. Um, and you got to get it early. You got to. Well, well, I don't know. Yeah, you got to get it early because look, if it's but see, I don't want to go to penalties either. Like, if they get a late goal and it's two one and we lose on damn penalties, like, I, I don't you though because Tim Milia is kind of well a god. That's that's a valid point. Um, I mean, I don't want to leave it to chance, <laughs> but Tim Milia, there's still a scary situation. Yeah, but he is Jesus. Anyway, so if we put out a first choice lineup, which I think. We probably will because Peter seemed to indicate there would be less rotation given this game wasn't as intense. You're not traveling from Panama to Kansas City. You're not. You don't have to go anywhere, and you got four full days. I think we're going to pretty much see the first choice lineup. Um, I feel like we can do probably it. Probably so. I feel like we can do it. So that's what I'll say. Go time, man. You got your Roger back in there. You got you got Ilya doing his maestro things. I, I guess everyone has nicknames now. Did you know that when uh, Hartzell uh, announces people at the stadium, everyone has a nickname? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, I don't know why they started doing that, but they do. I was like, we can, we got to come it's up weird. with something better than maestro. There's like 47 maestros out there. Every midfield. I, I, I just, come on now. I think it should just be like, the nicest guy you've ever met, Ilias. <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. That's what he is. He is nicer than a teddy bear. <laughs> um, He's the best. Yeah, he is. But yeah, no, I mean, Maestro. Like, Diego Valeri's Maestro. There's, like, everywhere, every team and every, every country midfielder has is. a Maestro. So Of course. Move past that, but anyway. Well, what do you say? Uh, uh, first chair tuba. <laughs> <laughs> I was first chair tuba. I was also only chair. I tuba. know you were. That's why I fucking said that. I was only chair tuba. So hey, but uh oh, so first chair. There you go. I was first chair symbols. <laughs> were you? I did not know you played symbols. Nah, I don't think there are chairs. I was just regular symbols. I was a voice major, and they made me take marching band. And I was like, "What am I going to play?" And they're like, "You're in percussion." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> there you go. Just hit things. Um, yeah, I I think we'll pull it off. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if we go. Yeah, we're good. If we go up three zero and then like give up a goal and it becomes three one and that's the final scoreline. So and then we move oh, on. Oh boy, I I hope Namath's ready. You know he's going to be hot because going into this Philadelphia game, he was pretty non-existent. Uh, he had moments at times, but he he didn't. Um, Did he? Yeah, like right before uh, right before the Buzio push. By trusty, like he had a chance. Um, Peter actually pushed the hell out of him, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, Peter actually almost took exception, or not almost. He did take exception when someone asked him in the post game about about Namath's performance against Philly. Um, and we'll talk about the Philly game here in just a little bit in more detail. But someone asked him like Namath wasn't really that involved yet, and Peter was like, "Well, what I would say is it's not that Namath wasn't involved; it's that we're still learning how to pass to Namath because he's such a different type of forward than we've had. He makes runs and gets himself open in a way that Dom didn't, that Kyrie didn't, that Diego didn't. And he's like, so we literally have to learn how to pass to Namath because he creates open shots in a way that we haven't had before. So he actually is really happy with how Namath's performing. It's just a matter of getting him the ball. So I don't know. Hmm. Take it for what you will. Fair enough. Um I mean, it's not all about the number nine scoring, I know. But when you have him score in every one of your last three games or whatever, you know, and and then he doesn't score, it's like, oh, he's not scoring. What's that about? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't ask the question because someone asked about Namath and and Peter was like, you guys are so obsessed with the number nine. You just can't get past it. And I was like, well, you know, it's good to have a good goal scoring striker. But um, yeah, for real. (laughs) Anyway. Um, let's, let's do a quick roundup of the rest of the champions league games before we jump, uh, two feet into the Philly game. Um, oh yeah, there were other ones. The New York Red Bulls, man, they laid an egg and they laid an egg hard. Um, Santos is not 
bad, dude. No, Santos is good, and they beat the Red Bulls 2-0 at Red Bull Arena. So um, Red Bull's got to go on the road and, and do the damn thing, and I don't know if they can do it. <laughs> like, that's a huge... They got to win, like, what, 4-0 or something? Well, they gotta win at least three nil. They gotta they gotta score. They gotta win two or win two nil to go to penalties. But if not that, to outright win, they gotta win three um, zero or three one. Actually, gets them the victory. But like, it's just it starts getting into weird math with away goals and everything. But man, can they get three away goals at Santos Laguna? I don't know. I don't know, man. You know Santos. You know who definitely can't get three goals away against a Liga Emekis team is the Houston Dynamo. <laughs> because they too they, no. lost 2-0 to Tigres, who's better than Santos, and the Dynamo are worse than the Red Bulls. So Presumably. Yeah. They're they're pretty much done, I would say. They're not gonna go on the road to Tigres. Um Bro, everyone's saying this. Everyone's saying that Sporting KC is the great white hope that MLS teams have. And that's a lot of pressure. I don't like it. Yeah, because Atlanta laid a freaking egg. Womp, womp. They lost 3-0 to Monterey. Um, their fans are freaking out a little bit. Just a little bit. It's uh, It's been fun to check Atlanta United Twitter. So, Dude, there, there are some that are like, well, some will keep them in check. Some guys will be like, dude, will you guys calm down? Like, you're being ridiculous. But a lot of them are just like... I think they want to sell their season tickets again, bro. Or, you know, fire the coach after two games. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Frank, Frank DeBoer, um, you know, his name's spelled B-O- Frank's like, relax. B-O-E-R, but I've seen a lot of people talking about Frank DeBoer, B-O-R-E, because they all think they're playing a boring style. Um, Frank said after they they drew with with FC Cincinnati one one in Mercedes Benz Stadium and and Frank DeBoer said, I think these fans have been spoiled, and they didn't take kindly yeah. to that. <laughs> so um, we're all loving it. We're all watching. Oh my god! And just eating it up. People are sharing these threads now. I know there is there is a, a fake account out there that's yeah. like fire DeBoer blah blah blah, yeah. and very much a troll account. But underneath all his comments. Those are not troll accounts. Right. <laughs> These are real people that are visibly upset and ready to like burn their jerseys. Yeah. And I'm loving every minute of it. It's pretty amazing. I love chaos. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's pretty amazing. I mean, look, when <laughs> uh when you're starting Brexhay in your starting lineup, like it's it's not gonna go well for you. And that's apparently who Frank DeBoer's decided to ride with this year is is Brexhay. So, um, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, he, he hasn't. He also said he did, he never watched any MLS, so he does not know that Breck Shea was not so great in Orlando. <laughs> he does not know that Breck Shea was not so great in Vancouver. He's just like, huh? I think this guy's pretty good. No, no, please go watch some video, Frank. Please, I know you're new. <laughs> <laughs> Breck showed up with his crazy pants that he wears, and the guy was like, hey, you know, he must be good. Yeah. Um, Crazy pants, new hairstyle every month, whatever he wants to do. The dude's very artistic. That's one way to put it. Um, I said artistic, not autistic. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. Okay. Just wanted to clarify no, that. I, yeah, I heard you. But hey, you know, just in case. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anywho, let's go to sporting versus Philly. Um because we got transition music. <laughs> Man, I need to get some transition music and drop that in there. That'd be kind of fun. Probably not going to happen this episode. I mean, look, but be a little sports center jingle that's like our own thing, you know? Yeah. That's hey. We should do it. If any of you guys out there, if you Dude. if you're musically inclined and you want to make us a little jingle, send us our way. Who are you talking to? Our fans. I'll break out the keyboard right now. Oh, you want to do it? Okay. You don't want to break out the symbols? Yeah, dude. Jimmy and Dan's part of awesomeness. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should be a combination of you on the cymbals and me on the tuba, and whatever happens, happens, and then we just go from there. So, <laughs> I just imagine you're just playing the one one song over and over, and then so, then the fat guy falls down, and he's like, <laughs> and then a cymbal crash, and then it's done, um, and then crash. <laughs> Dude, I can sizzle suck all day. I can sizzle suck. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what that is, do you? No, I don't. I was going to play it <laughs> off like I did, but I don't. So, 
Sizzle suck, man. Google it. Um, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, Keep your safe search on. Keep the Google safe search on and you'll and Google sizzle suck. I think this is our second official installment of don't Google that, where we tell you something not to Google because you probably don't want to Google it. Um, All right. This has gone on too long. Anyway, we, I mean, you have heard from some of our reviews. We get off the rails sometimes, but hey, you know. It's too much. What we I'm lack so in sorry. skills, we make up for in effort. Um, what kind of ADD meds are out there? <laughs> Anywho. So this lineup, we're, we're close to a first choice team. Um we had, you know, Russell Namath, Jerso back up top. You knew the midfield was going to be different because Rogers on his red card, and we saw young Gianluca yeah, Buzio yep. come in and step in, and, and really he kind of played. Didn't expect that, yeah, because he he played a little bit more in sort of the attacking midfield role, and Felipe kind of fell back into that number eight. Um, and then I kind of thought Kellen Rowe would be on there. Um, I did in too. place of Roger. I did too. I thought we'd see Rowe. Um, but we saw because I saw Juan Cousin was with Swope, so it wasn't going to be him. Yeah, Juan Cousin was with Swope. Uh, Jalen Lindsay, I think, was also with Swope, um, and Sw- yep. Swope played Saturday, so we knew they weren't going to turn around and play a day later. Um, exactly. And then obviously Melia back in net, and then Zusi, Baroth, Beisler, and Sinovic back line. So, um, look, we won two zero. It was a good game. We'll, we'll talk about the goals here. In, in just a second. Was it a good game, though? Oh, okay. So let's start there. You don't, you don't, you, you haven't questions. I'm just saying, dude, the two goals we scored. Okay. We never scored a goal in the run of play. Okay. We got a PK. Okay. Those are, those are interesting in themselves. I mean, yeah, we deserved it. The foul was there. Even the player was shown on video telling his teammate, yeah, I pushed him. Like it was clearly a push. So Philly <laughs> fans, shut your, shut your whore mouths. And, <laughs> Sorry, that was that too much. Nope, you don't like mouths. No. Yeah, that it was. It was oh. the word mouths I took offense to. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. My bad. Uh, so, and there's a PK, and then an own goal. I'm just saying we didn't get anything done. Yes, Zussi hit the woodwork. He almost put away a free kick, but other than that, I don't know, man. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they're not satisfied with this game, and they're gonna. That will help fuel their fire to be more fired up to have this Panamanian team at home on Thursday. So I'm just saying, yes, good game, good result. But was it really a good game? We really didn't cause any trouble. So what I would say, and this is where I get put my analytical hat on, um, if you look at the... I like Jimmy Lydics. If you look at the expected goals, uh, Sporting KC had two and a half expected goals in addition to the plus one that they get for the own goal. So really, this is saying that it, it's expected on most nights given the way that the offense performed and the shots they got and whatnot, that Sporting should have scored about three and a half goals on the night. So that essentially what it comes down to is um, we had chances, we just couldn't put them away, which sometimes happens in soccer. Now, if we consistently underperform our XG in – the long run over the course of the season, that's a problem. But I'm, you know, if you just look at this game in a vacuum, I'm not that concerned because I think there were chances to be had. It's very early. Yeah. I think there were chances to be no, had. Absolutely. So. But dude, Andre Blake, it's not like he's a schmuck. Okay. The dude's a very, very long goalkeeper. All right. Have you seen his limbs? The dude has quite the wingspan. He's got them like, you know, uh, uh, Jamaican sprinter legs. He's very long legged. He will. He can block some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, I mean, he was looked at as a potential prospect to go overseas to Europe at one point. Um, he ended up yeah. so far has stayed in Philly, but he's a very good goalkeeper. Um, but you talked about the penalty. Um, this was I had to look up by the way that I had to look up that he was Jamaican. I was I was very <laughs> concerned that I that I made a racist assumption. Oh, I was no. like, no, no, he is in Jamaica, right? <laughs> No, no, he is a Jamaican international footballer. It would have been racist if I said Kenyan, but no, no, he's Jamaican. I crushed it. No racism for Dan. But you know what? It's a it's a good thing when we can get through a pod. I mean, we usually do get through the pod with, with with no racism, but you know what? You got to um, double check yourself sometime. <laughs> you really got to put, put yourself in check. I, I just assumed that you knew he was Jamaican, so I'm glad that you, you went I with I did. Him. Apparently I did. Okay. Well, there you go. I had to double check. I was like, no, no, let's let's see. I got it. Okay, we're good. We're good. Um, you know this the play that Austin Trusty fouled 
um, Buzio on in the box. It was, you're right. It is funny because they caught him on camera and he's like, yeah, I pushed him. I pushed him. <laughs> so union fans can take a seat. Oh, and he did. And the kid's 16 years old. He flew. Okay. It's not yeah. like he threw his body. You pushed him pretty good, bro. Now, if you would have pushed someone like Roger, he's going to come after you. He's I mean, sure he'll turn around and punch you. Probably your firstborn. <laughs> yeah, probably. And if you push Botan Barath, he's just going to stand there and then uh, he's just going to go all Hitman on you. Um, oh, my God. If you push Botan, he's, he's already got a sniper in the press <laughs> box taking you out. <laughs> but. So it was a clear foul. Buzio, poor little Buzio, weighs like 150 pounds soaking wet. Uh, but honestly, the thing that I thought was most Why interesting. It's an expression. Have you not heard that expression before? Gross. Okay. You're gross. Um, <laughs> the thing I really liked about the play leading up to this penalty was Namath and Johnny actually had a really good sort of play together where Johnny – sprung Namath open. And this is one of those examples where Namath just kind of found himself, you know, making the smart run. Um, he was right behind the, the Philly center back. And as the center back split off to go cover Johnny, Namath just slowed down, found himself in a little bit of space. My complaint here is I'm looking at it. I have it freeze framed. Namath's one-on-one right in between the 18-yard line and the penalty spot with Andre Blake. You got it first time that Namath. He tried to stop it with his left foot and line it up, and he just took too long. So... I think yep. we could have just scored let, let, there. Let's talk about Johnny for a moment. All first half, um, he was on the right wing, and that's kind of where I was um, standing over there in that section. And I was just watching him, dude, and he's like putting his hand up. He's calling for the ball. Matt Beasler would hit him, give him the long ball every time. You know they, they practiced this. You know they practiced the hell out of this because he kept launching it to Johnny, dude. And if you're the other team – after the second time of that happening, right away you should be like, oh, Beasler has the ball. It's going to Johnny Russell. Cover that fool. You know what I mean? But nah, yeah. man, it went to Johnny every time, and he tried to do his thing. And it's it's brilliant. You know they practiced the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. And even, man, even Barath was playing some long balls at times. I, I like – Yeah. I think – obviously, we miss Ike. We like Ike. Um, but We do. Both Fontas crushing it for Minnesota. Man, man. Dare I say, first place Minnesota. Man, the loons, man, they look good. Um, but <laughs> both Baroth and Fontas, I think, bring something that is just a li- is different than Ike, and and they both look good so far. So um, I think I think we're probably fine there. But you're right, Johnny looked great. Um, this is one of those plays where I think Namath had a, had a really good play. He also had a really good sort of back and forth later in the game with Kellen Rowe that Peter pointed to. Um, but this was a clear penalty. Um, well done by Buzio to get in the right spot and, and earn the penalty. Man, your first MLS start in front of your home crowd and you're responsible for earning your team a penalty 10 minutes into the game. It's pretty freaking cool for a 16-year-old, I would think, don't you? That's very cool. Didn't you... Uh... What did you say about? Did you tell me something that Peter said about him having to call his mom or something? Yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, you know, I, I, I was wanting to to do a little write up about Gianluca Buzio's first start, and uh, and so we were asking Peter, like, hey, you know, what what, what did you think of his performance? Um, and and Peter said, you know, we forget too often that he's 16 years old because he plays so well with the group. He's sitting with guys that have families, kids, houses. He's 16. He calls his mom after the game, not because he wants to say hi, but he's calling his mom because he's probably asking her if he can stay out later that night. So I'm like, oh, Peter's put him on, That's on blast on the radio in front of everybody else. Um, and you said she was at the game. Yes. One of the, one of the other reporters um, asked, asked Buzio if uh, – if he was going to have to call his mom to, to stay out later that night. And he goes, well, she's actually at the game. So I'll probably just ask her in person. So probably just ask her for a ride home, please. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he, he started off hot, um, you know, and then it was, uh, Ilya who, who converted the penalty. Um, of course. Now, like we said, Ilya, he's, he's seven for nine from the spot, but, and this was after a long VAR review. They they looked at this thing for a long time, and they it was like, what are they trying to ice Ilya? Um, but he he put it away. You know, it snuck just around Blake. But 
I don't know. You saw that that penalty that Namath took the other day, and it was Laser it was focus. a fire penalty kick. So, do you think there might be a chance that we see Namath stepping up to the spot a bit more? I mean, you would think so, but why didn't he at this time? I mean, it was kind of weird. Yeah, I think last time it was ever asked, um, Peter basically said it's up to the players on the field. So, hey, maybe uh, if Namath's feeling it one night, he's scored a couple goals, he might step up and take it himself. So, who knows? We'll see. Um, In the 38th minute... Fair enough. 38th minute of the game is when... um, there was a little bit more drama. It was off a corner kick. Um, Seth looked like he cleared the ball, but then it was a, a, a pretty quick VAR review. Um, Chris Penso looked at the monitor, and it was—I mean, it was a handball. He handled it inside the box, and so it became uh, became a penalty kick. And um, Marco Fabian stepped up to the spot to uh, to try to take the shot. Um, Ilya ran in front of him last second just kind of like did a little thing there where he like ran right in front of him and uh and then fabian took the penalty and wouldn't you know it we got a freaking brick wall in front of the front of the net and and tim punched that thing away dear god and tim saved dear god dude. almost 40 percent of the penalty kicks he's faced the average is like 17 percent or 14 percent. i forget what it was but it, it, he's more than double the league average for saves on penalty kicks bro for PKs, it's so easy to be pessimistic because the probability of making it, like, you're supposed to make your PK. As a goalkeeper, there's really not much pressure on you. You're ideally supposed to miss it. You're They're going to score on you, most likely. It's very easy for most people to make this. But Tim is on another level, dude. So when you're – I'm sitting there going, there's no way. Like, this is insane. It's going to be a whole different ball game now. And then he blocks it, and you're just like, ah! Ah! Like he, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, he blocked it. Peter said he saved at least two points for Sporting KC with that penalty save because it kept it one zero and it kind of oh, re-energized the team. Um, dude's a monster. Uh, my wife lost her voice at that very moment. She's like, "Damn you, Timothy, for making me lose my voice." <laughs> so I, I asked Peter after the game, and and I'm not trying to be prisoner of the moment here, just because of this penalty save, or even because of his what does that pen, like like just you know I'm not trying to think. Oh, he just did something amazing, so I'm going to blow it out of proportion. Um, oh, but okay, he's obviously more than double the league average. For penalty saves. He's got the best penalty save rate in the league since 2015. The only person who's got a better save rate than him since 2012 is Nick Ramondo, who's known for being the best penalty shot stopper. And obviously, Melia wasn't playing consistently in the three years before 2015. Do you think Tim Melia is starting to enter the Tony Miola, Jimmy Nielsen tier of Sporting KC goalkeepers as the best that this club's ever had? Because I think he might be. For sure. Yeah. If he puts together a solid season like he has the last couple seasons, absolutely. Yeah. Peter said that, you know, Peter didn't mention Tony or or Jimmy by name, but I asked him and he was like, look, the thing with Tim is like, he's won trophies. He's won championships with the team. He's helped us have some of the best seasons we've ever had. And he's not done yet. He's got a number of years left. Um and when he, even when I asked him after the game, I was like, reflect on where you've come from a pool goalkeeper to now. He's like, what are you trying to end my career? Like I got, I got more years left. Um, but it's a pretty crazy story. It's hilarious to see that in just people clap back at you a lot when you ask questions. They do. I just need to stop asking questions. I think, um, no, I think you need to ask more. Like we need more of that raw, that raw coverage. Well, here, let me give you a little bit of raw coverage right now. Cause I did ask Ilya and I was worried I was going to get a clap back. Um, after this question, I asked him, I was like, Hey, you, you ran in front of Marco Fabian right before he took that, that, that penalty kick. Was that a little bit of gamesmanship that you had going on there? What was going on? Um, so let me just go ahead and let's just play the audio. It's like 45 seconds. If that, yeah. let's just play the audio of Ilya's answer. Cause it's go pretty funny. And that penalty kick, uh, you did a last-minute switch to the other side of the box. Was that a little bit of gamesmanship on your end? <laughs> we try to do everything uh, we can. Um, of course, they, they do it to me when I have to, to be there in front of the penalty spot. Uh, Felipe was uh, talking to Fabian also in Spanish a little bit. And we had a team. We have to, 
uh, manage the game, manage the situations. It's not all about playing beautiful. Uh, of course, we want to do it uh, as uh, better as we can, but uh, uh, sometimes the coach uh, repeats to us that uh, we need to have this street smart. Uh, and, and we are learning. We are, we are uh, a good team uh, when, when it comes to play, but... Uh, we have to keep improving in, in those kind of things. But at the end, it's all about Timmy. You know, uh, uh, everything makes sense when, when you have a, a keeper like, like Tim. And, and uh, he, he showed uh, in the last uh, past years that, that he can do it. And, and he's showing it again. So we are so glad to have him in the team. So uh, yeah, I well, didn't. All right. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't necessarily think Ilya was going to like freely admit to it as quickly as he did. Um, but the, so the funniest thing to me is one, he's like, well, hell yeah, that's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> two, where he is like, and Felipe was saying crazy stuff to him in Spanish the whole time. Um, which I mean, I, that's very cockacaffy. Had I been a better journalist, I, my follow-up question would have been, what was Felipe saying in Spanish? Um, oh, stuff they couldn't repeat. That's probably true. Um, but then the other thing is he's like, look, you know, we're a very good team on the field. We do a lot of things well, but but Peter talks about being street smart. And sometimes I think we have to be better about being street smart. And apparently Ilya takes that to mean do crazy shit right before they take a penalty kick to try to throw them off. Um, so whatever works, man, like, maybe, maybe it must've worked. Yeah. And granted Ilya, you heard then he was like, look, it was all Timmy. Like Timmy's the one who stopped it. And that's true. Like Marco Fabian didn't miss the penalty kick because Ilya ran in front of him last second. But hey, any little way you can get an advantage, I think, go for it, right? As long as it's legal. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I mean, as long as Felipe wasn't saying any def you know, defamatory things or anything. <laughs> right. Nobody had a razor blade in their hand and was cutting people on the field. Oh, which hey, happened in Turkey. That. Yep. It happened last week. So gobble gobble. We <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, it's getting it's getting late. <laughs> it, it, they, yeah. So anyway. Um I, I just think it's interesting. You know you should not often you hear next time. Next time. I'm gonna go back after the next home game and be like, Hey, remember last week when you told me this? Like, can you remember what Felipe was saying? Yeah, um, is that weird? <laughs> I might get kicked out by sporting PR. Um, oh damn! But yeah, I mean, like you go through the rest of this game. Tim Melia continued to make amazing saves. Um, Philly got a red card because freaking Marco Fabian stomped Ooh. on Johnny Russell's chest full cleat. I've never and seen I'm that like, musical, but I saw it then. <laughs> it happened. Um, and it wasn't just a second yellow and a red. Like, Penso went to the video review, looked at it, and it was a straight red card. And deservedly so. Um, it you... was tough. I mean, watching the replay, it's it's tough. He he was like, you know, that's where I was going to f- land. But it kind of looked like he jammed his leg down to land a little quicker than he would have. You know, he didn't really try to avoid him. Well, see, that's my thing. Like, here's the deal. He could have kept his legs up. He could have jumped over him. Um, he could have done a lot of stuff. Um, Johnny should have just grabbed just... it and put him in some Scottish ankle lock. Make him tap. <laughs> if Roger was on the field, Fabian would have died. Um, oh, absolutely. He's getting that Honduran Heimlich maneuver. I just... I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know either. I was just going to move on. Um just go forward. <laughs> but he could like union fans are like, would you never hear of gravity or anything? And I'm like, well, does gravity only affect your right leg? Because his left one stayed up. Um, yes. My right one gets pulled down way quicker. <laughs> <laughs> he could have just leapt over him. And I, I liked this. There's a cool account called at MLS ref stats on Twitter. It's a guy who's got connections to pro. He basically grades referees. He knows more about what's going on on the field from a referee standpoint than most of the rest of us do. Um, but he said this about the red card and I agree with him. He goes, remember, these are professional players. Give them credit for knowing what they're doing with their bodies. And I think that's a hundred percent right. Like you don't reach the level of soccer that Marco Fabian has played in, in some of the best leagues in Europe. If you 
just simply can't control where your legs go at any given time. Exactly. So, I think he knew um, what he was doing. Dude, I got to chime in real fast. Red Bulls are up 2-0 on Santos. Holy crap. Are, are they really? 16 in minutes Santos? in, they're up 2-0. Oh so they're tied on God. aggregate. Oh, my God. CCL fever's crazy, man. I just ate my words, and we haven't even finished recording the podcast. Um, but the, the first half isn't even half over yet. I think that's a new record for how fast I've been wrong about that's, something. That was, I had to tell you. I was like, I'm going to look. Let's see if they're getting beat yet. No, no. They're tied on aggregate. This is a whole new ball game. Damn. Okay. Well, hey. Very go fun. Red Bulls. Um, <laughs> just to wrap up this Sporting Philly game, because we want to go through the rest of MLS and talk about the new Sporting Casey signing real quick. Zussi almost blasted a free kick into the net, and it just bounced right off the underside of the crossbar. But, man. That was insane. If he can, if he can do that, we're going to get some free kick goals. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, SKC got their second goal when Jack Elliott of uh, the Union forgot that he was on the Union and um, had quite the nice finish to put the ball past Andre Blake into the back of the net for the own goal. Uh, in the 80th minute. That was crazy. I thought Kellen Rowe had it from where I was sitting, and I was like, oh, no, I need to see a replay of that. Nope, it was an own goal. Crazy. Yeah, I'm not really sure, I guess, what he was trying to do. Um, was it Gerso who sent the cross in, I think, and and for some reason Jack Elliott, I guess, was trying to block it out, and he just totally miffed it, and it went right by him. Um, into uh, Into the back of the net. And then Buzio. Last thing I wanted to say was almost had a storybook ending because Ilya played a freaking perfect ball. Like the most impressive part of this play is probably Ilya's ball from the midfield line over all of Philly's defense right to Buzio's feet. Great run by Buzio. And all Buzio had to do was just kind of toe tap it into the net and he would have had a goal. Um, kind of made a little mess of it. And then Austin Trusty was able to clear it out. Um, but... He said he was going to try to chip Blake, and then he saw Blake going up. So then he was going to try to toe tap. I think he just got a little indecisive. But yeah, got a little. That was that was, that was a pretty cool moment, though. You know, we all held our breath. We're like, "Oh my god, is Busio getting one? Starting the game at home." Yeah, and and you could see how much it meant to him because he put his hands immediately in his head, or his head immediately in his hands, and was kind of like, "Ah, oh, that was it," because um, he knew he was coming off. But hey. Not, I mean, look, he was 88% for passing on the night, had two shots on goal, had some clearances, a defensive stop. Like, not, not a bad performance for a 16-year-old in a professional game, I think. So. I agree, buddy. Pretty cool. Um, let's, let's do a whirlwind tour of the rest of MLS before we hit. Uh, well, actually, let's get to some questions first. We got a, we got a few fan questions. Um, had a few. Eric... Uh, Martinez said, let's talk about Baroth's performance. We've talked quite a bit about Baroth, but I mean, he looked better in this Philly game than he did uh, against Independiente in Panama, don't you think? Say that last part again. Don't you think he looked better against Philly than he did in Panama, Baroth? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, maybe he got a little more comfortable with his partner back there. Um, definitely took his time making passes and stuff, and punched every forward in the back of the head as much as he could <laughs> yeah yeah peter the one criticism peter had for him was he said he can get a little bit lackadaisical at times but you know he's lackadaisical is that why he fouled everyone maybe i don't know but you're right i mean every time he's he goes, intense dude every time he goes up for an aerial duel i'm like the other person might die um made me laugh i i enjoyed every minute of it and i'll be we might need that on thursday Austin Young asks, who do you think will be our dark horse breakout player of 2019? We, we've talked about that a little bit before in previous podcasts, but um, maybe combine this with our next question from The Doc. Um, seeing as we have seen almost all of the new signings now, who is your favorite signing and what qualities do you see in them? So like, who's your favorite signing slash who do you think will be the breakout player? You know, favorite signing... So name them. Name them all. You got Barat. You got Kellen Rowe. You got uh, uh, Rodney, Rodney Wallace. Wallace. You got Eric Hurtado. Um, we haven't seen him yet. Not Hurtado, man. 
Hurtado's not <laughs> it. I'm sorry. I just wasn't excited about him. Breakout player, I'm thinking Busio. If he's getting more time like he did then, I mean, when Open Cup starts, the kid's going to be golden, and he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. The kid's 16. He can barely drive you to school. He can barely drive. It's crazy. It's true. Um, but, I mean, I think he's a dark horse probably, right? But, I mean, out of signings, who's the most exciting signing? Probably probably Botan right now? Yeah. Bo- Botox? Botan? I, I mean, I think Botan... Um... He's really the one that we've we've just seen the most of. Like we haven't seen a lot of that. That's what it is. Yeah, you haven't seen a lot. Rodney of Wallace Rodney didn't Wallace. do much for me. Kellen Rowe might have quite a bit of potential and might get more playing time than Botan because it's really going to be Beasler and Fontas back there. But you know, I think you're right. I think right now Botan's the one who who's shown the most promise. Kellen Rowe's getting in there. He'll he'll be fine. I think Buzio is a great great call for breakout player of the year, and I agree with you. I think that's Peter. If for no other cool. reason, Peter said, we want to get these young guys more minutes. Um, you know, he said it could be with Swope Park, but if Buzio plays like he did against the Union, it's going to be with Sporting KC. So, you guys, when Jimmy agrees with me, it's like a small victory. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, then last question from Drake Ewing How many trophies will Sporting KC win this year? He's putting us on the spot. Oh, God, probably zero. There's Pessimist Dan making an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, uh, no, I mean, come on. I hate that, dude. I hate to say it. Like last year, we're like, I think this team could go to MLS Cup, and we damn near did. So, I mean, you think we can go to MLS Cup and win that this year? Once Atlanta gets their shit together and they're also in MLS Cup? Yeah, well, so that's the thing. Is like, what defines a trophy? Is a Western Conference Championship a trophy? I mean, technically, um, I do think in some way, I think I, you know, I don't know. It's impossible to say at this point, if sporting KC is going to win a trophy or how many, because there's so many things that could happen between injuries, Hold on, though. And signings, it's 2019, bro. We're due for an open cup victory. Well, so I'll say it. I was going to say, there it is. I think there's at least one coming in some way. I don't know if it's going to be CCL. I don't know if it'll be MLS cup. I don't know if it'll be open cup. I don't know if it'll, if it'll be supporter shield. But I think we're getting one somewhere. So, at least. It'd be great if there were more, but I'll take one. I'm not trying to be greedy. So, Sounds good. Sounds about right. That'd be nice. So, let's do a whirlwind. I'm not going to go over every single result that happened because not all of them are interesting. Um, nah, a couple draws, nil-nil, you know. Yeah, the Galaxy are still bad. Um, Minnesota. Yep, no Zlatan in that game. No Zlatan. Um, Minnesota, man. Minnesota's decent. 3-0. Granted, it was against San Jose. And San Jose is not not good. Um, Come on, though. They're winning away games, something they've never done. It's true. I think it's because of Ike. So. That probably is. Um, Seattle looks good. They beat a, a, a Colorado team that some people think has, is promising. Um, pretty good Colorado team. Yeah, pretty pretty decent. Um, LAFC smashed Portland four one. Um, that yeah, that's interesting. It's the West is going to come down to Seattle, LAFC, and Sporting KC, don't you think? Uh, I yeah, I just sure. I mean, if Colorado gets their stuff together, they could be dangerous, but they've yet to prove anything. I don't even think Colorado makes the playoffs. I'm gonna, I'm calling my shot right now. Um, calling it. DC Dallas is always kind of a dark horse. Yeah. They're they're just so young too though, with a new coach. Like, who knows? But That's true. I, I've yet to watch any other MLS games with with uh moving and getting things together here. I really wanna uh try to catch up on some condensed matches and stuff. It's just been kind of tough. Yeah, well, um don't watch Atlanta and FC Cincinnati because it was a terrible game that was boring. Both teams XG was less than one. And uh that's amazing. Atlanta fans hate life right now. So, oh, they so do. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, Cincinnati printed T-shirts. Now it's not officially from the club, but there are people in Cincinnati printing T-shirts that say first MLS points." Cincinnati won. Atlanta won. Yeah. <laughs> so. Someone said that's a parody, like a T-shirt parody account or something. Oh, but you can buy them. I have the link where you can actually buy. Well, them. Yeah. So, but I think it is a joke. 
I think they make a lot of joke things. It probably is a joke, but it's that much funnier because it's Atlanta. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it, it's almost a troll against Atlanta. Like right. they took a point from them at their place. Yeah, I don't think Cincinnati are actually like, oh my god, first points. I think it's like we did it against Atlanta in Atlanta, and so yeah, it's that much better. Good plan. Um, let's talk about just real quick because I know we're we're over time here. Gideon Zalalem, he's been officially announced and signed by Sporting KC. Um, some of you may have heard the name. Some of you may not have, but he's been around for quite a long time. He's He's been <clears> – <throat> he, he played for the German youth uh, national teams, made the switch over to the U.S. Uh, youth national teams. Um He's been over in the English Premier League playing, uh, well, not playing, but signed by Arsenal. He made appearances for Arsenal a few years back. Um, he's played in in big tournaments for Arsenal occasionally. Uh, he's been put out on loan a few different times over the last couple of years to Rangers and Scotland and, and Venlo. Um, he just hasn't really lived up to the potential that a lot of people saw in him because he's got a hell of a ton of potential. He's a central midfielder. He can pretty much play any midfield position. He's been around forever, but he's only 22. And now he comes to to Sporting KC um, where he could be used kind of as a – he's probably not a a number eight box-to-box, but, um, you know, he's he's somebody who – is just another body might even step in and play some defensive midfield in place of Ilya. So I don't know. How, did, you, did you know much about him before we signed him? And, and what do you think of the move so far? No, I'd heard the name, you know, I heard the name about the, uh, you know, what, what he's done his us international, all that stuff. But other than that, um, you know, never, never thought much about it. So sounds like he can play wherever he wants. I mean, dude is very talented. Sounds like he struggled with injuries at a young age, which is always kind of tough. But he's young, so he bounces back from those. Um, I'll be excited to see him when that finally happens. But you know Peter, he's not going to put anyone in the in the lineup if he's got a good thing going with the guys currently in there. Yeah, I agree. And it, if you look at the quotes that came from the press conference, it's, it's really interesting because he's coming off of two surgeries in the span of eight months. He ruptured his ACL in an inter- international tournament for the, the U.S. Youth National Team. Um, one surgery was to repair the ACL. The other one was to clean out scar tissue. Um, he never really worked his way back into the Arsenal squad after those. Um, and so our director of player personnel, Brian Bliss, he was like, yeah, I just dropped him on our discovery list last year in June or July, thinking about his return and, you know, just thought, hey, we might need midfielders. We'll see what happens. Fast forward almost a year. Now we got him. And there was no transfer fee because he's so close to being out of contract this summer with Arsenal. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't think hmm. I don't think we're going to see him on the field for Sporting KC anytime soon. Peter said we're going to see where he is fitness wise, and then we'll build from there. Um, but he's been training every day for the last six months, so I'm guessing we probably see him with Swope Park, um, and then maybe the first time we see him with Sporting is maybe Open Cup early round. We might see him at least in an 18, and, and maybe he makes an appearance depending on how that game goes. Um, so I don't know. I just. Looking forward to it, man. Definitely a reason to get out and watch some Swope games, too. And if you guys have season tickets, man, you can contact your ticket rep, and they, uh, I think they'll give you some free tickets to some Swope games. Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely do that. You'll you'll see I mean, you can see Juan Kazane. You'll see Jalen Lindsay. you see all the Swope guys. You'll probably see Getty and Zalalem now. Uh, Might even see me. I'm, I'm going to go out there. <laughs> Dan's going to go out there and channel his botond. See if he can uh, Absolutely. throw some bows. Um but yeah, just to wrap up the Zalalem thing, I, I mean, I think this is a very low, if not zero risk move and a very high reward move for Sporting Casey. No transfer fee. If it works out, now we have a, an awesome midfielder who's only 22. If it doesn't work out, hey, we're in no worse position than we're in now. So um, exactly. I think it's pretty cool. And it's another name. So, hey, if it works out, maybe we got another guy repping the U.S. Uh, men's national team coming from Sporting Casey. So. Sounds good to me. 
Well, we've 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 gone a long time, but there was a lot to cover. Um, so quite a bit. I don't even think we pre- be the same next week, probably. Yeah, so. I just realized. Um, I don't even think we previewed Sporting KC's next MLS game because we got the uh, the Champions League game coming up. But um, it's Colorado. We, we go on the road to Colorado. So just real quick, you feeling? You'll, even though it's we'll see some old friends up there it's coming off three days rest. You feeling decent about going to Colorado on Sunday? Well, I think you're playing that second team. I think you're playing who we saw down in Panama. So, um, you know, we'll see some Benny Failhaber. We'll see some uh, uh, Kai Kamara, uh, some Diego Rubio. So it be interesting to uh, play against those guys. So, yep, be fun. I feel pretty confident. You know, they're not really catching their stride yet. And depending on how we do Thursday, I mean, we need a little momentum to go up there and play in that altitude. Yeah, that's one of those games where coming off of a three days rest in a big Champions League game, a draw is is a great result there. So, um, for sure, but a win to make up for not getting a draw in that's LA true. that'd be even better. So, well, cool, man. I think we've uh, we've got it. We've done a jam packed episode this week. So, um, jam. I think that's just about it. So, anything else for our uh, good and faithful it. listeners? No, man. Seven o'clock tomorrow night, people. Show up. Show up. Let's get that W and keep on going in this Champions League. This is big time. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. I'll be out. Hey, know. dude, I'll be out there. I haven't started my job yet, so I think I might be out there when the parking lot's open. So if oh, y'all are talking man. about getting out there tailgating, four o'clock, man, I'll be out there in my lonely chair <laughs> drinking my kombucha and uh, eating some wieners. So there you, you go. Go have wieners and kuzbucha at four if you want to. So there it is. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I will be working until five, but then I'll head out that way. So we'll see if I might be able to, to, to stop by, say hi or, or, or what the situation is, but, um, it's going to be fun. Sweet. It's going to be fun. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, make sure you follow us at no other pod at Dan Kuzer at JC Mac zero three. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod and shoot us an email. No other pod at gmail.com. Um, don't forget to give us a, a five-star rating and a review. And uh, yeah, we'll be back talking at you next week. Hopefully after a full double victory podcast and us moving on in CONCACAF champions league. But until then he's Dan, I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all next week. See ya. Show up. Let's go. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.